All right. Hey, 7th, 8th, and ninth graders, good to, good to be with you guys. You know what? I was once in 7th grade. And then, a couple years later, I was in 8th grade. A few years after that, I was in ninth grade. It was great. Oh. Anyway, uh, I'm really glad you guys could be with us. I've been talking to all your parents, and we've been looking at really one of the coolest, really one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It's called Psalm 23. And we start off by just reading it together. So I wonder, Joe, if you can pull it up, and we're going to read it together. And then I've been like kind of focusing in on just one part of it. And so here it is. It's the Psalm of David. David was the king of Israel. He'd been a shepherd boy. He had, uh, if you know the story of David and Goliath, he defeated Goliath the giant. And at some point in his career, he wrote this. Everybody? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Would you all pray with me? Lord, you never let go of us. You walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death. And because of that, we can fear no evil. And so we ask, Lord, that you would open up our eyes to who you are, to how present you are in our lives, how you walk with us, how you lead us, how like sheep we follow, and like a good shepherd, you care for your sheep. So now, Lord, please speak through my lips and speak into our hearts and the things we think about. Uh, May they be pleasing and even precious in your sight, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So like I said, I, I, was, I was young once. And um, in fact, I wanted to share with you a little bit about when I was in fifth grade. Um, because it's, I think it's kind of um, relating to that line that I'm going to focus in on tonight. Which is, he leads me in paths of, not that, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name. He's like, yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. And, um, and as, you know, as a little kid, I'm not sure I really feared much, you know. My parents kind of took care of me and everything. But at some point, we moved to Venezuela when I was in fourth grade. And everything was great at first, right? Uh, I got to, to fourth grade in Venezuela, and I found out I was going to this school called Escuela Campo de Alegre. If anybody knows Spanish, that means happy camp. I was like, happy camp, I love it. You know, I'm kind of a happy-go-lucky fellow, and so I'm like, happy camp, happy camp, I'm going to happy camp. And I would get on the bus um, with my Roadrunner Wiley Coyote metal lunchbox. Did you guys ever have lunchboxes? Yeah, but they were plastic, weren't they? I had a metal lunchbox. It was awesome. And, uh, and I was just doing great going to happy camp. Uh, the only problem was that the school went from kindergarten through to ninth grade. And all of these different kids would ride the bus. And the 8th and ninth graders would sit in the back of the bus. And it was like their sport to pick some 7th uh, grader, 6th grader, 
if they were really feeling mean, a fifth grader to pick on, and they would pick on them for a few weeks or so, you know, and then, and then one day you'd get on the bus and there'd be a cloud in the back of the bus, and from the back of the bus you'd hear, send me back a sacrifice. <laughs> you know, and they'd pick some other kid, and they'd start, they'd start like picking on this kid. Well, I made it through fourth grade, all right. But fifth grade came around, and I was trying to fit in, you know, so like I was, I was trying to grow my hair long because um, back then, like, all the cool kids had straight long hair that like covered their ears. They had, they had bangs that came down like to their eyebrows, and I, I wanted to be like that. I was like, oh man, I, I want hair like, like, like your hair kind of. Yeah, you right there. No, 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 actually, I'm, I'm pointing to you. Yeah, 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 stand up, stand up. A lot of guys had hair like yours, yeah. I mean, you know. Almost like that, right? I wanted hair like that, but here's the problem. I had curly hair. So my hair didn't grow down. It went boing, you know, like curled up. In fact, let me show, let's show my ninth grade picture. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> and so I, like try, I figured if I grew it out really long, it would get heavy enough that it would like come down. So I was really working on growing my hair every day. You know, just trying to get that hair to grow. And, um, and one day... My dad had uh, told my mom it was time for me to get a haircut. We went and, to get the haircut, and I, I told the, the barber, we're in, in Venezuela, remember? I'm like, corte, corte, like just short, short, right? I, like, or not much. That's what I was just trying to say, not much. My dad is the one who said corte, corte, because when I got home, my Marine Corps dad took one look at me, and he said, no, no. And he grabbed me, and he said, we're going back. And he takes me back to the barber, and then he's like, corte. He wants it. Hot buzz. He, he wants me to have a Marine Corps hair, kind of like I have now, you know? And um, I'm kind of missing some stuff up there. But um, anyway, so he, they, they buzzed me. I mean, nobody in my school had a buzz, and they buzzed me. And I come out with my dad, and who do we run into? But eighth grade, Wendy Baumgarter. Wendy was like, she was tough. I mean, she's sitting in the back of the bus, and she was one of the really mean ones. Hi, Patrick. <laughs> I'm like, Hi, Wendy. Says, you got a haircut? <laughs> yeah. See you tomorrow. And she knew, and I knew what was coming. So, like, I get on the bus the next day with my Roadrunner Wiley Coyote lunchbox, and, like, I sit down in, like, about the second seat, you know, like, and then I hear it from the back of the bus. Bus boy. Bus boy. Bus boy Dominguez. Bus boy. Bus boy. And they all start, they start teasing me. And they're like, Bus boy Dominguez. And they're coming up behind me. And they're, they're doing this. And they're flicking my ear and everything. Bus boy. Bus boy Dominguez. Everybody's getting into it. And they didn't pick on me for just like one or two weeks. They like picked on me for almost the whole semester. I was Buzz Boy Dominguez, and every time I got on the bus, they would think of ways to just kind of humiliate me. And my sister would be like, why don't you do something? And I'm like, why don't you do something? I'm just a fifth grader. So one day, I don't know, it's like, I, I just had it. I got on the bus, and I'm, I'm sitting there, and I, I reached over to, to, to grab something when I feel this hand on my back just come, whack! And it was so hard, like, I, I, 
I could just, all I could see was red. I could tell who it was because I could ID him from his fingerprints on my back. And so my hand reached out for the first thing I grabbed, and my fingers curled around the handle of my Wiley Coyote Roadrunner lunchbox, and I spun around and wham, right in George Pedraza's ugly eighth grade face. And I mean, everybody was like totally quiet. And then I realized it was all or nothing. So like I started picking up my pencils and my books and I'm throwing them and, and third graders and fourth graders and George Pedraza's going like this and like this and the, the bus driver stops the bus and he comes running back and he's yelling in Spanish. And he gets in between us and there's this silence on the bus again. And from the back of the bus, you hear Wendy Baumgartner go, whoa. <laughs> Nobody ever bothered me again. I get on the bus with my... Roadrunner, Wiley Coyote, Lunchbox. I'd be like, <laughs> you want some of this? Huh? You want some of this? <laughs> Here's the thing. It really was actually a miserable time in my life. I, I really, I, I used to go home and I'd cry. Uh, they said a lot worse things to me than Buzzboy Dominguez. And I don't know why I was such a target. But I was scared to get on that bus every day. And I didn't have somebody to, to stand up for me. And the Lord promises. He promises to be that one who's with us. Who leads us through the dark times in our lives. And I didn't know the Lord at all. Like I didn't know him at all. And so at that moment in my life, that particular moment, I knew what it was to be like alone. I don't know if y'all have ever felt that. I think most of us go through that at some point in our lives. So this week, what, what I've been doing is I've been, um, I've been speaking about the 23rd Psalm, but I've also been painting about it. Because you know, sometimes like images like can help us sort of grasp what it is that it's go that's going on. And I can't promise I'm going to get done with the painting. Um, here, here's the one I did the other day if anybody still wants to see it. But um, okay, yeah, I can, just, I can just show it to you. There it is. And that was, um, he leads me in the paths of righteousness. Thank you. That was uh, depicting the idea that God leads us in his paths, his right paths, the paths that are best for us and good for us. Um, but today, we're looking at this idea that God um, is with us even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and that there, His perfect love casts out all fear. So here's something to think about. Um, what He promises is that He will walk us through you know, that, that we're, when we face, like, some kind of valley, um, and it looks like there's no light at the end, God's promise is, is to actually walk us through. And I didn't know that back then, you know? Like, I didn't know how things were going to turn out. I didn't, I didn't know that swinging a lunchbox would solve my problem at least for a while, you know? 
Um, and I don't recommend that as <laughs> the way to deal with our problems. Um, but that's why actually, you know, that's, that's why things like school shootings happen. Like a lot of times when they, they find out who the shooter was, it's a kid who's been picked on. And they get to a point where they feel like they don't know what to do. And they start planning violence because they don't feel like anybody's for them. And, and it's obviously the wrong thing. That's why that stuff happens. So he says, I will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Here's the thing about shadows. Shadows are just kind of representations. Um, they're sort of a, kind of like a reflection of, of something, but they're not the real thing, you know? And so often when we face troubles in life, we think it's the real thing. We think like it's the end, um, nothing could be worse, right? Um, but God actually says, you know, those things, they're just shadows, and I can get you through this. But it also says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And just as shadows are kind of a representation of things, what they are a representation of is evil. So, what God tells us is that evil is real. Evil is real. And evil is pretty powerful. And if we don't have God's protection in life, then evil could eat our lunch. But, he says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And there's something really interesting that happens here, folks. Um, think about this psalm and what it's been saying. It's been saying um, from the beginning, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He does this. He does that. But all of a sudden now, he says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. So David's telling us that it's one thing to know about the Lord. This is who the Lord is. This is what the Lord does. This is him, he but there's got to be a turn at some point in your life. And as young people, there's going to have to be a turn for you. Like a lot of your faith probably is reflections of your parents' faith. You know, a lot of your faith is being part of, of this thing. But at some point along the way, God starts dealing with you personally. Wants to bring you to that place where you are saying, I will fear no evil for you are with me. That God becomes really personal to you. 
And you, become to under, you, you come to understand who he is. So in Israel, um, where, where David lived, there were these ravines that, um, that were, the shepherds would lead their sheep through. And the ravines were, they could be really dangerous places um, because you never quite knew what was going to be in those ravines, what might be around the corner. Um, and those ravines surely are what he has in mind when he says that, um, that God would lead him even through the valley of the shadow of death because in those ravines, those valleys, um, oftentimes danger lurked. But what he's saying is the sheep uh, have no fear. They have no fear because their shepherd is with them. And their good shepherd will take care of them. So I don't know if you could, can you, yeah, I guess you can see it. You see those two people there, right? That's the depiction of the Lord um, with us, leading us through that valley of the shadow of death. Um, it's, really, it's really important to have a personal relationship with the Lord. Um, because if not, we really are open to the, the fears of this Lord. The number one commandment in the Bible that you find all throughout the Bible is do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And the only reason God can give that commandment is because he has ultimate confidence that he will never let you go. I have a, um, I have a three-year-old grandson named Charlie and the other day we were walking, and um, we started playing hide-and-seek. And Charlie's really funny when he plays hide-and-seek. So, like, let's say, this is, let's say this is a tree here, you know. He goes, okay, Poppy, okay, Poppy, you count, I'm going to hide. And so I'd start counting, one, two, three, and he'd go over to the tree and just stand next to it, you know. And I'm, like, right over there. I can totally see him, and he's going, <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> okay, ready or not, here I come. And he's standing there smiling, and I'm, I'm like, Charlie, Charlie, where, Charlie, where are you? Where? He come running out. He's like, I got you, Poppy. And then, then, I, then he said, okay, okay, Poppy, now, now you hide, and I'll find you. And I'm like, okay. So we're on this, we're on this, like, uh, this path that goes around this park. It's a, an asphalt path. And the trees are off to the side. So I go and I find a tree, but I really get behind it. Like, I get behind it so, like, he can't, he can't see. And he goes, he goes, ready or not, here I come. And he turns around. And I, I can, I can kind of see him, but he can't see me. And he's got this big smile on his face. And he's like, he's like, Poppy, Poppy. Poppy, Poppy. He's like, I, so I jump out. I'm like, here I am, here I am. And he's like, <laughs> you know, and he gets, starts smiling again. But it was amazing how quickly the fear set in. God's hardwired us for a relationship with him. To know that he is right there with us, even as we're going into the darkest part of the valley. And that's, uh, that's really my, my prayer for you guys. Um, so how can you be confident that God will do that for you? Well, in your churches, if you, if you go to church, um, usually most churches have a cross. Is there a cross in this room? 
Is there one in the painting? Oh, there we go. There's a cross, right? So just about every church you ever go into has a cross. And, um, and that cross is meant to remind us of God's love. When Jesus went on the cross, um, the Gospels record a few things that he said. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. He took care of his mother, asked, told his disciple John to take care of her. Um, he said a number of things from the cross. He pardoned a thief who said, Jesus, when, I, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. He said, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. But see, the Bible tells us that something happened on the cross. That on the cross, all the sins of all the world, right? George Pedraza, me, every one of us, every bad thing we've ever done, Wendy Baumgarter, all, people who have um, been hateful and racist and sexist, people who have killed people, uh, you name it. All the crimes of the world, all the evils in our hearts, all the thoughts, that all of that was poured out on Jesus upon the cross. And Jesus entered into a darkness where he couldn't see through to the end. And it says that on the cross he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's talking to his Father. He's saying, my God, my God, I can't see you. I can't feel you. I He's like Charlie looking, where's my poppy? Where's my poppy? Why have you forsaken me? And then Jesus said, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he died. He died trusting that somehow God was going to raise him from the dead. That somehow his father would come through even though he felt utterly forsaken. And the reason he did that was that you might know the love of God. That in Jesus rising from the dead, you might know that God will never let you down. That God will always be there. Whatever darkness you go through, he will be there with you. And he's been through it himself. And he's going to bring you out the other side. And ultimately, when we get old, there's nothing like a, an older person who's known the Lord for a long time as they face their death, and they just say, I'm ready, because they know the Lord is on the other side, and He'll bring them through. And that's, what I, that's my prayer for you guys, is that you'll know this Lord who's walking with you through the valley. Um, as, as you all get ready to go off to... Um, your groups, you're going to talk about some of these things. We've got a number of questions for you to deal with, uh, that deal with what are your fears, what's it like to trust God with your fears. And I just want to encourage you to, to open up, just talk with one another. I'll probably paint a little bit more and see if I can finish this painting, but um, I'd like to pray for you guys right now. Well, Heavenly Father, I, I pray for these young people. It's an awesome privilege to have them here with us, Lord. They're at the beginning of so many things in their lives. Some of them, I'm sure, Lord, have already suffered some things that none of us would ever want to go through. But Lord, would you open up their hearts even more to know that you are with them through all of it. That you can bring healing and comfort and light. That you're the God who walks with us. 
And because you are with us, we will fear no evil. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all. Mm-hmm.